Welcome to Words of Inspiration with Rev. James T. Brown, Jr., the lead pastor of Tabernacle of Worship. Let's join today's message in progress. Well, family, I'm excited today. Today, we're going to be concluding the teaching of our series, One Nation, One God. One Nation, One God. And I want you to turn with me in the book of Ezekiel, in the book of Ezekiel, We're looking at chapter 37 again, chapter 37, but we're actually going to be looking at verse 21, Ezekiel 37 and verse 21, Ezekiel 37 and verse 21. And here the word of God reads, it says, and say unto them, thus saith the Lord God, behold, I will take the children of Israel from among the heathen, whither they have they be gone, and will gather them on every side and bring them into their own land. And I will make them one nation in the land upon the mountains of Israel. And one king shall be king to them all, and they shall be no more two nations. Neither shall they be divided into two kingdoms any more at all. Neither shall they defile themselves any more with their idols, nor with their detestable things, nor with any of their transgressions. But I will save them out of all their dwelling places wherein they have sinned and will cleanse them. So shall they be my people, and I will be their God. And David, my servant, shall be king over them, and they shall have, and they all shall have one shepherd. They shall also walk in my judgments and observe my statutes and do them, and do them. Today we're going to speak from the subject, Restore Me. Restore Me me. Here we, as we began actually this series, we saw God taking leaders like Zerubbabel um, to build his house, to build his house. He wanted to shift their thinking, to shift their mindset and stop focusing on themselves, but actually focus upon the king, focus upon him and be God focused. That's what he was trying to do. But we saw the Israelites being led by false prophets into a spirit of apathy, a spirit of apathy, falling away from God. We also saw where God allowed his judgment to fall upon them, to see Jerusalem and the temple destroyed. And as people felt lost and broken, we saw God give Ezekiel a prophecy showing how, even in the midst of what they felt was death, that God would bring resurrection to them. And that's what brings us to our text today. Look back with me at verse 21. Here in verse 21, it says this, And say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I will take the children of Israel from among the heathen, whither they they be gone, and will gather them on every side, and bring them into their own land. Bring them into their own land. This is speaking of when God will bring both Israel and Judah back together. 
He brings Israel and Judah back together. He's reuniting them. You see, God foreshadows this in verses 16 and 17 in this very chapter. Let me read this into your hearing as well. Moreover, thou son of man, this is God speaking to Ezekiel, take thee one stick and write upon it for Judah and for the children of Israel, his companions. Then take another stick and write upon it for Joseph, the stick of Ephraim, and for all the house of Israel, his companions, and join them one to another into one stick, and they shall become one in thine hand. They shall become one in thine hand. Here, God gave Ezekiel this word showing the uniting of the two nations. The uniting of the two nations. They had spent enough time scattered amongst all the other people and all the other nations. It was time for them to be brought together in their own land. Time for them to be brought together in their own land. They would actually have to come to this place where they would agree to walk away or walk away from the nations they lived among and come together putting away their differences, putting away their differences. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing how we can allow some of the silliest things to cause us to be separated? Isn't that interesting? We can allow some of the silliest things to cause us to be separated. Listen, friendships and even families have been torn apart because of some of the most pointless arguments or disagreements. Some of the most pointless arguments and disagreements have torn families away and fractured them. In fact, nations have gone to war over ridiculous differences. They've gone to war just like this nation had been separated. Just like this nation had been separated. They would agree this is what they would do. Both Judah and Israel had to come to the point where they would agree to leave these differences to come together. Leave these differences and come together. They would realize that they were much greater together as one. They were much greater together as one. I need somebody to type in chat for me. Stronger together. Stronger together. Listen, you're stronger together. I want to speak to families. You are stronger together than you are separated, than you are broken. Listen, you're stronger together. Listen, I know sometimes my parents, I know sometimes we look at our young people and we're like, what in the world is wrong with you? Okay, if that's what you want to do, go on out there and live your life then. Go ahead and do what you want to do with your foolishness and then we'll see what happened to you. And see, we'll sit there and we'll think that. But I want to remind you now. I want to remind you. That at some point, you're going to need that Rudy Poo. At some point, you're going to need that little knucklehead. At some point, I know they're acting crazy now, but you just got to have patience. You just got to love them. Listen, one of my mentors told me when I was growing up, you see, when I was about 16, 17 years old, the last thing I wanted to think about was marriage. The last thing I wanted to think about was a child. That was the absolute last thing that was on my mind. I'm thinking about college. I'm thinking about get going, doing what I want to do. That's I, I'm, I'm, my, my mind is everywhere. I'm not thinking about a family. What a family for what? He said, "Listen, Brown. That's what we call him, Brown." He said, "Listen, Brown. I want to I want to explain something to you. At some point, 
you're going to need somebody to bring you a cup of water. At some point, you need somebody to bring you a cup of water. And I thank God for that. As our children have gotten older, I, when I look at them, I remember I'm going to need you to bring me a cup of water at some point. <laughs> so it allows me to exercise some grace, allows me to exercise some mercy. And when I do that, I begin to reflect and I say, wow, you know what? My mom and dad, they exercised the same grace and mercy on me. I didn't realize I was that much of a knucklehead. <laughs> but, but I thank God for growing. You have to understand, we, we, I, I grew to understand that we're stronger together. Stronger together. God allows us to be family for a purpose and a reason. There's something awesome that he wants to pour in you and through you, but it's too much that, that one can accomplish it. One is always too small a number for greatness. One is too small a number for greatness. So he will do it in the midst of your family, in the midst of your family, because we're stronger together, stronger together. Look with me at verse 22, verse 22. And I will make them one nation in the land upon the mountains of Israel. And one king shall be king to them all. And they shall be no more two nations. Neither shall they be divided into two kingdoms anymore at all. Anymore at all. Listen, God was making them one. God was making them one. Listen, he was doing this so they shall have no separate interest and consequently no divided affections, no separate interest. Listen, and now I know you hear that. You think, wait a minute. So they all, no, no, no. Listen, just because one likes to play golf, everybody's not going to be playing golf. One likes to go bowling, everybody got to go bowling. No, that's not the case. That's not what it's saying. What it's saying that there will be no divided interest, that the focus will be on what the Father has put before them. And they're working together, laboring together to bring this thing that God has placed in their hearts. That as a community, as a nation, they're building together that which will glorify the Father. This is what it's talking about, that they won't have separate interests. And it's saying also there won't be divided affections. That means that they won't love this and love that. Listen, you got to love, you, 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 if you're going to love God, you're going to love God. You can't have two masters. You're going to love one and hate the other. You're going to love one and hate the other. So therefore, you're going to have a, an affection towards the Father and not the things that you put up in front or in place of the Father. Do you understand? You're going to put those things away and love the Father. Love the Father. Listen, there shall be no mutual jealousies and animosities and no remembrances of former discord. Remember when we were studying a couple of weeks ago and God said, I will not remind you of your sin. He didn't say I would forget. Now, this is if they would forget. No, no, there would be no remembrance of it. He's saying, listen, I, I, I remember it, but I'll never bring it up. I'll never mention it to you. Wouldn't it be wonderful when we get to Thanksgiving in just a few weeks that we come together and no one brings up foolishness from the past? 
No one even thinks about it because you're so joyous to be in the presence of each other. You may not have been able to celebrate together last year. So you're so glad to be able to be together as a family, as one. That's the most important thing. Whatever the arguments were, they're in the past. They're under what I like to say, under the blood. The blood of Jesus is against it. It's under the blood. It's already cleansed from you. It's already removed from you. You're not even worried about it anymore. It doesn't even make any sense. Yeah, you remember it, but it's not important. So you don't even bring it up. You don't even bring it up. This is where they were coming to. This is where God was bringing them to. But also watch this. There shall be a perfect harmony, a perfect harmony between them, a good and a good understanding of one another, a good understanding of one another, a good disposition one to another. It means you, you treat each other right. You're acting rightly toward each other and a readiness, watch this, to serve one another, helping each other to experience comfort and peace. Listen, they, they, they were ready to be mature. They were ready to put away childishness and foolishness. When I was a child, I thought like a child. I spoke like a child. I acted like a child. But when I became a man, I put away the childish things. There's some things that are just childish that you don't have to even deal with. It's not important because we're serving one another and building one another and growing into what God has called us to do. They were ready to be mature. They were ready to grow. Watch this. There's no more selfishness or self-centeredness. No more selfishness. No more self-centeredness. In other words, God will be their center. God will be their center or Jesus will be their center. One of my favorite songs by Israel, Jesus at the center. God will be their center. He would also be their focus. He will also be their focus. There will be a singular vision and no more die vision, a singular vision, no more die vision or division that cuts in, that separates. No, a singular vision. Listen, vision unifies. Division separates. Remember that vision unifies. Division separates. It separates. Oh, my goodness. And this what brings us to verse 23. Verse 23. Look at this with me. Neither shall they defile themselves anymore with their idols, nor with their detestable things, nor with any of their transgressions. But I will save them out of all their dwelling places wherein they have sinned and will cleanse them so they shall or so shall they be my people and I will be their God. I will be their God. Here God said that they will no longer pursue idolatry. They'll no longer pursue idolatry. If you've been joining us for a while, you know that throughout the course of the year, we've been dealing with this thing about idolatry. Here, God said, he said, listen, you're not, they're not going to pursue idolatry anymore. But because we've heard that so much, we know that the Lord detests idolatry. When you're taking something and you're equating it to God, you're making it equal to him and not subservient to him. Your will is also tied to that which you're equating or lifting up to God. So here he said, no, you should not have any idolatry. So now the question, because how will this happen? 
How will this happen? Because we see it so often in scripture. So how will this happen? Listen, it will start when they will begin to truly detest sin itself. Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that it was a blessing to you. If you're in the metro Atlanta area, we invite you to join us for our regularly scheduled services at Tabernacle of Worship. You will also be able to get this entire message. Please feel free to visit our website at www.taboworship.org. That's www.taboworship.org for more information.